Hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Thanks so much for listening to Go Along with Dunn and Monas. As always, we love to give you a sense for what's happening over at Go Along. TD.com with Sonny and Ella, possibly in the background here once more. You want to say hi, Ella? Uh, here is uh, the, the last episode with Bob McGinn. It was posted a few days ago. It's his position-by-position rundown on the Green Bay Packers with some more organic Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love conversation. And also Bob makes a point to kind of get into the genesis of his reporting that Green Bay is moving on from Aaron Rodgers and going with Jordan Love. So yeah, the the first episode is for subscribers over at GoLongTD.com. That's the bomb that he kind of dropped exactly one week ago. And then we went position by position on the team with a lot more quarterback talk. Uh, so yeah, I just thought that we'd give you a sense for it here. And if you're not a subscriber, we would love to have you join the community anytime. Obviously, we'll be following all things Green Bay quarterbacks and quarterback movement around the NFL. I'm going to be down in Indianapolis all week for the Combine, so I'm sure there'll be a lot of news down there in Indianapolis. And we are more than a Green Bay Packers website, I promise you. We've got a lot of really good plans, a lot of features coming your way soon. Thank you so much, everyone. Greatly appreciate your support. Uh, Enjoy Bob's one-of-one breakdown. Nobody doesn't like him. going on readers listeners old subscribers and new to golongtd.com thank you so much for joining our community it was quite a uh, quite a weekend a lot of new subscribers bob it was great to see uh, obviously some familiar faces chiming in reaching out uh, but also a lot of new people making their way over and probably because you dropped a little bit of news i'm thinking bob that that probably did it um uh, I didn't see it coming. Uh, you didn't give me a, a heads up at all. So it was good to uh, hear it in real time, kind of like everybody else. And I think the best way I can put it is as I'm posting that audio at the site Friday afternoon, I think I was down in the basement. And so like, you know, we've got a three and a half year old, a one and a half year old, and there's just mayhem everywhere, toys everywhere. We've had phone conversations as I'm, you know, playing zone defense on these kids. So you have an idea, Bob, of what that what that life is like. It was it was a lifetime ago for you, but I mean, I think the table was turned over and chairs were turned over and the basketball hoop was unhinged. All this stuff. And I'm looking around. I'm like, as soon as I hit publish, this is basically what life is going to be like uh, for Packer fans. They're going to, you know, for better or worse, it's going to be loud. People are going to have thoughts and opinions, and they're going to be coming after us. They're going to be coming after you pretty hard. Uh, one of, it's a favorite pastime for some Gen Zers out there. But I want to just give you the floor, Bob, because there, there's a lot to unpack there, and we're going to get into the quarterbacks later in the show. So basically this episode will be the quintessential Bob McGinn position-by-position position, uh, rundown on the Green Bay Packers you know, season wrap up, uh, but we'll organically get around to Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love. But, you know, if we just kind of skimmed past 
the news of Green Bay moving on from Aaron Rodgers, handing the reins to Jordan Love, you reporting here that they have reached that place, that they're disgusted with Aaron Rodgers. They view Jordan Love as Aaron Rodgers 2.0, that if Aaron Rodgers wanted to come back, he'd have to come back as a backup. Uh, yeah, can't, can't can't ignore that here on part two. So, all right, I'm going to stop talking because people don't want to hear me. They want to hear you, Bob. How are you? I'm good, T. Um, should we look at the um, should we look at the Packers in general right now, coming off this season and then entering next season, and then just go by a position the way we always work? That that works for me. All right, let's give a few thoughts on the season. You know, um, eight and nine, uh, they closed with a flourish. It was just you know, what were they two and three and I don't even know. They were. I mean, they were down in the dumps, and they closed with a flourish at the end. They won four, and then a disappointing home loss against Detroit kept them out of the playoffs. So they're eight and nine. Um, you know, living over here in southeast Michigan now, uh, I mean, I hear a lot of Lion talk. And, you know, they feel that they're going to be the favorite in the division. I just don't see it that way. Um, no matter I, – I, I mean, I think Green Bay's got a good roster, and they got a lot of good young players, and they have resources, and they have money, and they have a home field advantage, and they have all kinds of things. And, you know, for anybody to just gloss over the Packers as uh, as a one of the top three teams, a prime contender to win that NFC North and get into the playoffs and who knows, make a deep run, is just really uh, not a student of history. Um, you know, the Vikings have, I mean, a, a passing game that's really good. They won a ton of games. They got a new defensive coordinator, Ed Donatel's gone, and Brian Flores is in there. And the Vikings are, I mean, a good operation with a lot of money now and a stadium that makes makes a ton of revenue. Um, the Lions are a team on the upswing, no doubt about that. Um Lost on a tiebreaker for the playoffs, but they were nine and eight. Haven't won in the division in 30 years. But this team, uh, you know, with Campbell and, and a solid, uh, general manager and Brad Holmes, uh, I think, you know, they're on an uptick now. Again, this is a, I got to see it to believe it, but that's where they are. Uh, the Bears are on the bottom and Green Bay's right there. So I see three teams almost equal. And, um, you know, these off seasons, it's a year by year deal in the NFL these days. And uh, Green Bay can certainly have a really good 2023 season. Well said. I think that's a really good way to put it because regardless of where you are geographically, hope or dismay will be in the air, right? Like, and I think I just love that measured take Detroit, Minnesota, Green Bay, Easily could see any one of these three teams winning the division. And maybe that's what shifted. I don't want to jump the gun. We'll get to the quarterback stuff. But for for that to kind of be the general opinion of somebody who's looking at this division from a critical eye, I think that does say a lot about Jordan Love and just Matt LaFleur even and and Brian Gutekunst and the overall roster that they'll they'll be okay. I mean, they'll be in the mix. So as always, you you like starting with wide receivers when we do these rundowns. So why don't you take us there, Bob? Okay. Um, I talked to a couple scouts. I mean, it's hard, you know, season ended on uh, January 8th, Tyler. 
it's almost two months ago. So, I mean, I, I saw all but what all but one game in the interest of where I'm coming from. I only saw I only did tape on two games. I saw a little bit of exhibition play. But um so I talked to a couple scouts just to re- to get the scouts eye view of it and then to uh refresh my memory. So let's look at the wide receiver. So Christian Watson has become the number one guy. Um you know, he had injuries early in the year. He didn't know if he could stay on the field. But down the stretch, he did some terrific things. Um, and, you know, he had 38 on the Wonderlick tee. This is a very smart, smart man. And uh, and he played like that. And uh, really, I see unlimited potential for him. He's really good with the ball in his hands. He had a couple touchdowns running. He needs to develop as a route runner. But, you know, he had a few drops. But I think his... His hands improved. He had the bad one early, but this guy's already a playmaker. All right. Um, Romeo Dobbs, he's raw, you know. Um, he had five drops. He had five drops out of 64 targets. That's a pretty bad ratio. Uh, Watson had five out of 65. That's not great either. Um, you know, he's a real uh, – it looks like he lacks confidence, Um I know people before the draft said what well, he was a real quiet individual. I'm sure he had uh, a lot of uh, tough moments with Aaron Rodgers. Um, he's not as big as Watson, but as one scout said, he's a big ball of pl- big ball of clay with a lot of tools to work with. All right, Alan Lazard. He's unrestricted. I think he's probably going to leave, but you know Rodgers trusted him. He's a tough guy. He did a lot of the dirty work kind of a contested rebound receiver. He's not going to break stuff off against man coverage and get open. That's not his deal, but he can win sitting down against zones. You know, what is he? He's not a one. He's not a real two. He's kind of a a three, a solid three receiver, but I think he's going to be gone. You know, he had a good career in Green Bay. Randall Cobb, he's unrestricted. I don't know what his age is. He's crafty veteran but he missed some time with injuries and he'll miss time with injuries you know going forward it's just the way old guys are they get hurt uh and Torre, um I thought he was okay he, from Nebraska he, you know he's a sharp kid I remember all that before the draft um he's a pretty good player am I missing anybody Bolton Elton the, the guy from Rutgers joined the club late in the year that's what they are at wide receiver uh it's not a good year for wide receiver in the draft so uh they're going to have to hope Watson and uh, Dobbs get get a lot better. Any thoughts there, T? What surprised you most with Christian Watson? I know the scouts were a little tepid on his game, kind of viewed him as maybe a MVS light, you know, big, strong, fast, deep ball, but North Dakota State. And I mean, the last couple months of the season, statistically, he was as good as just about any receiver in the league. Yeah, nothing really surprised me. Um, I was sort of surprised he got hurt early, and I was wondering, man, is this guy just going to be in the you know in the tub the whole time? They took him over George Pickens, you know, the guy from Georgia who went later in the second to the Steelers, uh, who played with you know inferior quarterbacks there, but he had a very impressive rookie season. So that's going to be a, a a pick to look at over the years. They could have taken Pickens, who was a bit of a character risk off the field. I thought Watson was pretty darn good overall. I just don't like those injuries for a rookie and a multitude of injuries. 
That's not a good look. Can he be, uh, I mean, he'll be the number one for whoever's quarterback, right? Yeah. I mean, they got to get one. They got to get another veteran or they're going to have to draft somebody. If they lose Lazard, they really need a veteran presence and something better than Sammy Watkins, who was a bad signing. Easy on Sammy. All right. You take it easy. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's right. He's probably just working some astral realms and etheric bodies and dimensions and. Yeah, I thought that he was going to be what, what they needed on offense. And, hey, he had his moments. Didn't work out, though. I think being on the couch and just kind of thinking you might be done with football and getting that call um, was was quite a shift for him. All right, keep it moving, Bob. Tight ends. Um, you know, since Jermichael Finley suffered that career-ending injury, they really haven't had one, Tyler. It's been almost 10 years, and that's on this current regime for not – either acquiring or developing one. Uh, Robert Tunyon is a free agent. Um, This scout thought his blocking did improve a little bit this year. Um, Like Lazard, more of a zone beater, can't really win against, you know, good linebackers. He can find the open spaces. He had some production this year. He had uh, 53 catches, only two touchdowns. He's okay. I mean – People are impressed now when talking to scouts. I'm on to the draft completely now. Uh, tight end's going to be a good group. And, uh, you know, who knows? If they get another pick for Aaron Rodgers, this might be somewhere where they can go. But they need weapons, certainly. And uh, Tunyon could come back. We'll see. Uh, Mercedes Lewis will be 39 in May. Still a good blocker. Uh, especially at the point, I don't consider him very a good blocker in space or when he has to adjust to a moving target. Uh, production as a receiver, null and void, sneaks out on delays a little bit. Um, but he's a point of attack blocker, gives you nothing on special teams, and tight ends usually do. I don't know. I don't know. Aaron Rodgers wants him back. Does the team want him back? Uh, I have no idea. He's unrestricted. He is, yeah. Uh, DeGora, third-round pick three years ago. You know, he gets after people, and there were some times this year that I really liked him as a lead blocker and as a, a wham blocker coming across the formation. But, you know, as as much effort and toughness as he shows, he just lacks the size and the bulk and the power to – really to create a huge impact. Uh, And as a receiver, 13 catches, he's really uh, marginal there. Um, And then uh, Davis, the other guy, Tyler Davis, uh, he's just kind of a guy, plays hard. So tight end, uh, they need some help. I really enjoyed working on the blood and guts, how tight ends save football. It was a passion project to the up. See how I just seamlessly market this, Bob. It's, it's, it's so shameless. I can't even, there were no, there were no Green Bay Packers profiled amongst those 15, um, chapters. You know, each chapter is basically a long form story on, on a tight end. So wasn't able to work in, um, Kamara didn't make the cut. J Mike didn't make the cut. It was, so, hey, but at the same time, I guess that is a poor job marketing to Packers fans. If you enjoy football and you need a Bible for your enjoyment, the blood and guts is for you. You're going to love it. Dicka, Shockey, Gronk, 
hung out with all these guys all this past year. It was fun. But yes, they still need a tight end, Bob. You are correct. <laughs> you wrote the book. You know about that position, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Old line. Um, you know, a lot depends on David Bakhtiari and what they do with his contract. His cap number is 30.978, and that's got to come down. Um, how did he play this year? He, he missed some time early. With You know, he's had this knee problem, but he finished the year playing. The scout thought that uh, he's still a, still a starting-level player, not quite what he was, can still function pretty well as a pass protector. He thinks in the run game you're starting to see a little bit of fall-off because of the knee issue. You don't see quite the finish. Uh, he said he's on the decline because of the knee stuff. You don't see quite the same explosion that you used to have. Uh, good player. He's their best. Their second best is Elgin Jenkins, who's a lot better at guard than tackle. I mean, he might be better off, better at center, and that could happen if Josh Myers falls out of favor after a very, I think, a subpar year. But uh, Jenkins is not a great athlete, but he's got strength, awareness, and punch. Um, where he struggles a little bit is on the zone stuff when he gets extended and falls off. He's a consistent player. He can create the, probably the most movement of anybody on that line. Where is he ranking the league? Scout thought top 20% of left guards. Good player. He's the second best. Then there's quite a drop-off. Number three is probably John Runyon, who switched sides this year, went from left to right after six games. Handled that seamlessly. You know, he was a left tackle in college. He's gotten a little bit better every year. Um he tries to push you around, but he, you know, he's not a good athlete and his lack of adjust shows up uh, primarily in the run game. Um, he's just not a really good athlete, both in the zone scheme and in the, the screen game. Kind of a low end starter, borderline starter. I mean, he's their third best, but there is a drop off and, um, the line is, is okay, but they'd like to get better, certainly. The fourth best player was uh, Josh Myers, the center. First, well, he's been a starter for a year and a half now. To me, he's been a little disappointing. Uh, you know, he's got short arms, 32-inch arms. They knew that. And um, the, the height, he's a big center. He's a lot bigger than Scott Wells or uh, Corey Lindsley. Larry McCarron comes to mind. Um, he's kind of like Frank Winter's size. But with the short arms and, and his height, people can kind of edge him in the pass game and on stunts. He doesn't come off real quick on twists. And uh, he tries to do it right. He tries to play big, but the athleticism and the, and the ability to adjust kind of limits him. You know, you got to keep going back to the 2021 draft when the, the Packers took Myers at 62 out of Ohio State. And then the Chiefs took Creed Humphrey, the next pick at 63. Humphrey's gone on to be, you know, one of the top three to five centers. And Myers is down in the 20s somewhere. And, you know, decisions like that. You want a center. You got two guys on everybody's board in the whole league. And you go and take Myers. It's tough to recover from. The fifth best starter was Yash Nyman. You know what times, Tyler? I mean, I was higher on him at the end of last year than I am now. There were times this year he played well pretty well he has athleticism he can roll his hips he's a big guy you see that 
But, you know, where he struggles is uh, is mentally. Uh, getting set up and pass pro, get too many penalties. Uh, you saw what Aiden Hutchinson did to him in the last game. He's kind of a grabber. He's not technically sound. Um, you know, those were the knocks on him coming out of Maryland. He was, you know, athletically tested off the charts. I don't know. I don't know where he is right now. He's been in the league, what, four years now, I think. He's played a lot in two years. You see improvement, but maybe there's a ceiling on the guy. I just don't know if he's got enough awareness really to be a starter you want to go forward with. All right, the number six guy is Zach Tom, a rookie who was a really good pick. I remember one scout said he was the best athlete in the offensive line in the draft last year. And, you know, he showed some of that this year. Uh, He has the feet to play out at left tackle or right tackle. He's a little bit small at guard, but I didn't think he got really shoved around. He doesn't have a great anchor. Uh, he looks like a tight end, really, from the waist down. But he's pretty aware and pass-prone against uh, games. Interesting young guy. Um, there's a lot to work there. He's got to get stronger, but that should happen going into his second year. Uh, so those are their big six. Uh, Royce Newman started at uh, right guard the first six games. He had a lot of issues with anchor. He was getting, uh, you know, pushed back at guard in pass pro. He competes, he tries, but uh, his lack of power and strength is pretty evident by now. Entering his third year, um, yeah, they did the right thing by benching him. He was probably the major liability inside. So that gives him seven. We haven't seen Rasheed Walker, the guy from Penn State, a seventh-round pick who's got ability. We haven't seen Caleb Jones, another Big Ten guy from Indiana. Uh, don't know about those guys. Uh, they need some help. You know, they got an aging star. They got a solid number two guy. And then then that's what it is. So we'll see. But the line, uh, they need a little bit of help there, too. I've got nothing to add, Bob. Yeah. Said it all perfectly. <laughs> it does seem all like right, whenever let's... Tom was in there, good things happened from the get-go, right? That first game, uh, Minnesota's right. like, oh, there he is, Aaron Jones, busting loose. Um, He's, all pretty right. good. He's a pretty good player. So, um, okay, the quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know, he had a thumb problem, but he virtually played every snap. Uh, Love played, Jordan Love played some in the Philadelphia game. Rodgers, it depends, you know, first of all, does he want to play? Does he want to come back? We don't know that yet. Um, I just want to say this. My sources on this story last week on the podcast were sources with intimate knowledge of the Packers' planning and deliberations. Just in talking, I mentioned my instincts first. My instincts were dead last. My instincts really have nothing to do with this story. Um yeah, I covered the team a long time, but that doesn't make any difference. It's it's the sources who tell you what's going on. It's it's not my instincts. And uh, so the one thing I did is put that in my discussion of where this story came from. I listed that first. Shouldn't have. That's on me. But we got sources with intimate knowledge of the Packers planning and deliberation. They want to go with in love. They they think the guy's going to be a terrific player. He's been there three years. Brian Gutekunst traded up for this guy. They've seen him develop in practice. Reporters haven't seen him develop. They're there for the first 20, 30 minutes, but they have seen this guy all year long. 
a lot of snaps with the ones as you wrote in your great story today, Tyler. They want to go with love. Um, you know, it's interesting. You look at where these two players were in their three years. I mean, Rodgers at this point, the jury was totally out three years into his career. I mean, yeah, he looked a little better in the Dallas game and in that third training camp. But before that, people who saw him in the exhibition game, personnel people from around the league, and I was right that they didn't know if he was going to ever pan out. It's the same thing with Love right now. Uh, Rodgers had attempted 59 passes in his first three regular seasons, seven games, no starts. Love had thrown, has thrown 83 balls, 10 games, one start. Passer rating, Rodgers in three years, 73.3. Love, 79.7. Rodgers, one touchdown, one pick. Love, three touchdowns, three picks. Running the ball, Rodgers had run for 47. Love had run for 26. I mean, there's so many parallels. They're drafted down in the same spot in the first round. Packers traded up for this guy, and they want to see this guy. And, you know, the age is the same. Both these guys were 24 at the time. And it worked out great with Rodgers. And Favre went on and had, you know, a so-so year with the Jets. But then he might have had the greatest year of his career. He feels it's the greatest year of his career. He told me that in 09 with Minnesota. Maybe Rodgers can go on to do that. Who knows? Um, will Rodgers play? I don't know. Um but they do see love as Rogers 2.0. Now that's where the Packers were, were right now. But as you know, things change. This is a people business and with shared decision-making. Um, two weeks before the draft, when I'm doing those polls and I'm talking to a GM or a personnel director, well, he'll, he'll tell me how he ranks the wide receivers or the D linemen or the corners. But then they might say, well, talk to me anymore on my ratings will change. I mean, that's the way it is. And um, so, you know, they they want to get a trade partner. Um, that's got to, the contract's got to be settled. The trade's got to go. Um, what can they get for the guy? Well, they, they want to just keep the rhetoric down now to enhance his trade value, obviously. So the Packers now are going to in, intend to couch their intentions. Can they get a Which one? They are. Can they get, yeah. Can they get a one, a two, a three, a combination of picks equaling something like that? Who knows? They're working on it right now, obviously. They got a whole front office of people, and that's what they're they have to settle the Rogers thing before the offseason falls into into play. They know what they have in Rogers. He's age 39. They don't think his body was as good as it was entering this last training camp and playing this season that he had gotten a little soft. They they saw him on the field. They know exactly what they have. He was an 8-9 quarterback this year. They see the selfishness. Do they see a me guy, as I do and as others do? Do they think he's going to attack the offseason the way they want him to? Is he too demanding on his teammates? and of the organization with personnel moves? Do they want to deal with all that stuff? If Rodgers insists on coming back, do they let the two compete for the job? Who knows? Uh, they can really do what they want. They're going to play who they want to play. Love's under contract. Rodgers, if he reports, would be under contract and let the chips fall where they may. 
so that's it. Let's, you want to talk about that or you want me to just get into his performance this year? I feel like we could talk about this for hours. As much as people are dying for a report on, you know, a, a reserve long snapper here around. the <laughs> This is number one. I, I'm glad that uh, you you explained the reporting and the sourcing and the substance behind such an explosive report because there's laziness out there and people will see the word instincts and not even get to the next sentence of what you said. But yeah, you're talking to somebody right now. You're listening to somebody right now who has covered pro football, not years, decades. And I think what's important to remember is yes, there are press conferences. There is what is fed to you on a spoon at a podium with a microphone and cameras in a glossy auditorium. There, There is that form of coverage and um, news. But phones exist. Shocking, right, Bob? There are phones. There are means in which to have conversations with important people in pro football beyond the press conference. And, you know, if there was a criticism out there that I had heard or was relayed to me from people who may listen to local radio out there or read certain things, it's, oh, Bob, he's retired. He's not there every day. What would he know? Well, you're talking to a Hall of Famer and Bob McGinn, um, somebody more connected than anybody in the business that I know. And you are not, you're, you're, you're not shooting from the hip. This is from a place of knowledge. And the more you dissect the quarterback situation, and I tried to with this Jordan Love feature, you can see why Green Bay would arrive at this conclusion, this thought process at the moment, because this is three years in the making. And Jordan Love took this gigantic leap year two to year three. You've got Steve Calhoun as personal quarterbacks coach in direct dialogue with Matt LaFleur all offseason, telling him what drills to work on, what throws to work on. And they're filming everything. They're sending it right back to LaFleur. So, yeah, they gave him that big contract. I saw even Mike Wall chimed in, the former Packer guard. He's like, what? Like, uh, one, 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 one thought is, why would Green Bay give Aaron Rodgers all this money if they viewed Jordan Love as Aaron Rodgers 2.0? Because things change. Players improve. Tua Tunga Viola, Jalen Hurts, Daniel Jones even. I mean, quarterbacks improve all the time, often drastically. And that's what you saw out of Jordan Love this past offseason. Don't take it from me. Take it from players there. And we talked to a lot for that story on and off the record. And they said, yeah, if there was one benefit to Aaron Rodgers blowing off the offseason and you know, not flying in new receivers like Patrick Mahomes did in Fort Worth. It's that Jordan Love got those QB1 reps. And Aaron Jones told ESPN, right? He goes, it started in OTAs. Not ESPN, undisputed. I'm sorry. It started in OTAs. We saw it then. You saw it in the exhibition games where some of his best plays were incompletions. You know, receivers are running the wrong routes and dropping passes. The exact stuff that they worked on showed up then, and then it showed up in the Philly game where he goes, what, six to nine, two of the incompletions are dropped, so it looks incredible. And then they saw it the remainder of the season in practice, where, yeah, he only played seven more snaps, but he got reps with that first team. So I, I would uh, say, you know, just kind of put put 
the pieces together here to the puzzle. And if the smart business decision two years ago was to keep a Hall of Famer, an MVP quarterback, because why would you ever trade this guy even for all these picks? If that, you know, because if he does anything anywhere else, you're out of a job as an NFL exec told me, yeah, good luck, Mark Murphy, if you trade Rodgers, because you'll, I, I, I get it. I didn't agree with it, but I understand the business decision that the smart business decision now is to not push money down the road again and convince yourself that a 39 going on 40 year old quarterback has one more run in him when he was not himself last year, when everybody this side of Tom Brady, it's inevitable. I, I love what David Yo said, the OC at Utah State for love. Um, he's like, look at, look at LeBron James, what he just did with the all time scoring record. He's averaging 30 a game this year. Like Tom Brady, there are freaks of nature. But then you look at every other player below him on that all-time list, you know, Malone and, uh, God, who else? Shaq, Jordan, Abdul-Jabbar, Moses Malone down there. They just stagger and stammer to the end. They're at, Moses Malone averaged like two points a game his last year. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, 10. It's, it, it just happens in all the sports. So... You're, you're really going to talk yourself into Aaron Rodgers finding that magic here in Green Bay where he did appear disinterested. That's a great point on Minnesota with Favre. He might go somewhere else and be ultra, ultra motivated and want to stick it to people, play pissed off, all of that stuff. It, that's possible. But I, I do think Green Bay would be kidding itself. They know what they have in Jordan Love. And, yeah, there's reports out this week that they want him back. Well, what – what is Green Bay going to put out there? We don't want him back. We we want to voluntarily hinder his trade value. Let's like you said, we'll see what happens. Things change, but this is what you're hearing right now. And obviously, they're not going to leak directly to the media that. And the way you put it is perfect. Sources with direct knowledge and intimate knowledge of the discussions, the organization. That stuff is valuable, valuable information. So, uh, yeah. I don't pay any attention to the other media, Tyler. That's just, why would you discuss other reporters? Our listeners deserve more than that. They don't need to hear all this chatter back and forth. They need to know what people on the inside are thinking. And that's what I've spent 40 plus years harvesting or generating. All right, let's go on and talk about Rogers as a player this year. Um, you know, he took almost every snap, and they went eight and nine. I mean, that's the bottom line. It wasn't Didn't throw good. for 300 yards in a game, which is. Yeah. You not, know, not a, huge two, achievement a couple times a game, you still see great throws. The guy has unreal delivery, uh, velocity. I think he's still got that. He has an amazing arm, and he has the ability to throw it to people. But you just don't see him trusting either himself or his targets downfield. I think he he looks at it like a gray area now out there, and um, he hesitated to throw it. And and as a result, he just wasn't making plays down the field. They throw this horizontal type game, you know, off to the sides, and and that's great with Aaron Jones and, and these little screen games. But he didn't have Adams to make it go and. Um, he ran for 94 yards, you know, and that's really low for him in his career. I don't know if it's a career low, but you don't see the acceleration 
as he climbs up in the pocket and then, you know, makes his big plays on the move, you know, once he clears right before the line of scrimmage, that's where he killed teams. But you didn't see as much of that this year. Um, I don't see decline in him throwing the ball. It's just the the nerve, if you will. Uh, he played better late than he did early, but again, it was never great. Uh, the hand, who knows about the hand? I, I just, I don't know. I mean, I don't even know really what the injury was. I don't know. So that's Rodgers. He's 39. Will he get a lot better in Green Bay if that were to happen? Could. He's proved it in the past. The odds are he won't. Tom Brady is a rarity. People see that now, but so many other players, their careers were done early. All right, let's look at Jordan Love. I'm going to read you directly what this scout said in the NFC who studied the tape of Love, all right? And I think he he's saying exactly the way I see it, which is just an unknown. You see the throwing talent and athleticism. I think he looked more comfortable this year. Looked like he had a better feel knowing where to go with the ball than in the game he played last year. It's hard to say he could be a starter. I can't say for certain. There's still some unknown there. There are tools to work with. There is upside. So I guess I'll just quit right there. I can't say it any better than on Jordan Love. You said it all, Tyler. You know, you've talked to a lot of people about him. I haven't. And uh, his coaches, his teammates, you've talked to these guys. That's the end on the QB for me. Yeah, I think that maybe the number one reason Green Bay has arrived at this point where they can move forward with Jordan Love as their quarterback. I know you love those terms, Bob. Move forward, right? Move forward. (laughs) Change the culture. Trust the process. Talk about this, man. I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I, give me, give me ten demerits for that one. <laughs> but they, they love Jordan Love, and I think a huge reason why is, is he'll just he'll run Matt Lafleur's offense. I mean, you saw it in that Philly game. It was brief. I get it. Hits the back foot. Ball is out. Uh, decisive, deliberate. One player told me, look, it's a lot easier to have a conversation with Jordan Love about the offense and ask how I'm supposed to do something on this given play because he's running the plays. He's running the offense. Matt LaFleur, at this point, I really think he wants to run his offense. And this past season, even without Devontae Adams there to kind of do the telepathic, on-the-fly, audibling, adjusting stuff that they did, so many years, just like he did with Jordan Nelson before that and, and Randall Cobb along the way. Um, they, they audibled about a third of the time he estimated. It didn't mean that as a slight. He said, look, it's not like Aaron's going up there and saying F this play. I'm doing my thing. He, he is seeing things in the defense and adjusting to it. And through that three game stretch against both New York teams and, and the commanders, they threw the ball, you know, more than double than they gave it to Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon, which gets you thinking as well. At the same time, you just, you don't have that receiver to win that way, to play that way. Um, And maybe Christian Watson would get there at some point, but it took Jordy Nelson a long time to get to that point. It took Devontae Adams a long time to get to that point, a good two plus years, three years, even more than that to, to reach the point they did MVP level. I don't, at some point you've got to turn the page. 
And I, I think that Jordan Love is in position now to, as Steve Calhoun, as coach said, finish Matt LaFleur's sentences and be the same brain within the same offense. And man, I see a hard time them just throwing that all away. You're right. They could have both quarterbacks on their roster, but we tend to forget Jordan Love could demand a trade. Jordan Love could say enough of this. I'm not waiting a fourth year. I'm ready to start now. If you believe in me, start me now. And, you know, in so many ways, I kind of got that sense talking to people that he, look, he's, he understands the situation. It's not a knock on Aaron Rodgers. It, by all accounts, he's learned a lot watching him. But I, I think that he sees what Jalen Hurts has done. He sees what Tua Tonga Viola, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, all the quarterbacks in his own draft class have all gone through these ups and downs. Um, and he's ready to play. So that's where it gets interesting, too. That's where he might have a little leverage in, in a sense of just yeah. speaking up. Um, we'll see. It's, it's, it's incredible theater, incredible drama, and <laughs> it's not going to drag on. I think we're going to get answers very soon. You know, Rodgers, we discussed where they were after three years. Okay, he comes in. He played good, but he couldn't win a close game that first year, and rightly so. Um, you know, it was all new. They went 6-10, and 10, and the next year he, started, he played really well. If you get on with Love, Love may not be the answer, Tyler. He just may not have it. Right. He might be an 8-8, eight and eight, an 8-9, eight 9-8 and nine, nine and guy. But then just – Get on with it, and if he fails, then you draft one two years from now, and life goes on. Okay. You've got to see before he's up for free agency. You've got to have an idea. Yeah, you do. Yeah, that's five years. Okay, and Tyler, maybe I could add one more thing on the course, okay? And we never discussed this, but I'd go back to when I was uh, wrapping up, you know, my Packer coverage last fall with the rating of the guys by position. Um, I mean, I knew it was coming. The hardest decision really probably on the entire 13 part series was who to rank number one at quarterback, um, Rogers or Favre. And I thought about that constantly for like about a month. Whenever I had any idle time, I was thinking about this. It is sorry about razor that. sharp, razor sharp a margin as anything. Um, I just didn't know what to do. I had to throw a dart. I went with Favre because of the availability, never missed a game. He was in two Super Bowls compared to one. And what he inherited from, you know, the previous QBs and what uh, Rodgers inherited from from Favre. But they had similar records in regular season in games. And some had good games, some great, some great, some bad. It's really close. And I went with Favre. Well, I think the 90s, it was a different time for quarterbacks. I'm thinking of Greg Lloyd just absolutely destroying Brett Favre in an exhibition game. It was it was different. I mean, you could hit the quarterback. You could affect the quarterback. Uh, the, the rules were, you know, offensive friendly compared to prior eras, but nothing like today. So that's why I would lean Favre and number one, being where the Green Bay Packers were, free Brett Favre, the state of the franchise, two playoff appearances and, you know, an entire generation. So, yeah, I, I think you go far. But, yeah, people let you know. They were they were pretty upset about the whole top 20, top 25 thing, too. But, I mean, this isn't you. You're 
basing that off of conversations with with scouts, right? Yeah, right. 